Welcome to HCS Talks. I am your host, Superintendent Raymond Haynes. This is Hampton City Schools' new podcast that we just started only a few weeks ago. If it's important to students, parents, teachers, the community, or anything that has to do with education, we hope to cover it on HCS Talks. The goal is to inform, educate, and entertain you. Today, we get a chance to talk to our Hampton City Manager, Mary Bunting. City Manager Bunting wears a lot of hats, and we are fortunate that one of those hats is the co-chair of the Division Steering Committee of the Academies of Hampton. So today, we get the opportunity to talk about our schools, academies, and the city. So thank you for being here, City Manager Bunting, and please tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for having me, first off. I am a proud graduate of Hampton City Schools, uh, graduated from Hampton High School, uh, Go Crabbers, in 1984, and also the proud parent of three Hampton City School graduates, um, all three of whom are doing very well because of the preparation they had in Hampton City Schools. But um, obviously, I grew up in Hampton, and it is my great honor to be able to serve as city manager, really to give back to the community that made me who I am. And um, it, it, I really love the fact that we have such a strong partnership between the city and the schools. It gives me a chance to help our school system the way they helped me. Absolutely. So we have very similar stories because I know the Crabber uh, blood is in you. I'm a graduate of Phoebus High, and we used to be pretty much arch rivals back in the day. So, But I also agree with what you're saying. The city who has given so much to me, I feel honored in my role as superintendent to be able to give back in this leadership role as well. And we also have, like you mentioned, your, your children graduated from Hampton City Schools. My daughter's a graduate of Hampton City Schools as well. So we are very proud of the city and Absolutely. very proud of the accomplishments that it has acquired through the school system as well as through the city and the great partnership we have. We often talk about uh, our mission and, and vision for the school division because it says in collaboration with the community, Hampton City Schools will ensure academic success. But it's key, the key piece in all that, in collaboration with the community. And I've said on several of the podcasts already about the great partnership we have with the city and the great relationship we have with you as a city manager and all the things that we have done collaboratively to ensure we are continuing to take the academies of Hampton to the next level. The support you all have provided in terms of um, um, financial or or monetary gains in terms of um, enhancing the learning spaces with Hampton City Schools as well is pretty much second to none and and working in collaboration with the steering committee and ensuring that we're providing opportunities from the academy level to ensure young people are getting opportunities to experience things that probably jobs that have not yet been created. So that's a very powerful thing. And I know that we would not be where we are without the support of you and the city council as well. So can you talk a little bit about your role and responsibility as city manager? Sure. A lot of people don't really know what the role of a city manager is, so I appreciate the question. And I often liken it to 
a board of directors and a, and a company. Um, the, most people think the mayor actually runs the city, and that's not how it works in Virginia. With every city in Virginia other than Richmond, um, the cities have what's called council manager forms of government or board of supervisors, county administrator governments. And that model of governance really emerged here in Virginia as a response to some of the corruption that we learned about in history, like Tammany Hall and other things. And the notion was, let's hire professional staff to do the work of local government, because there really isn't a Democrat or Republican way to pick up the garbage or respond to a fire emergency or what have you. And so the notion is that you're going to run the local government almost like a corporate entity, and the council, including the mayor, are the board of directors, and they hire chief executive officer, which is the city manager. And so the city manager works at the pleasure of the council. Uh, Their job is to execute the vision that the council members uh, articulate through their work with the community. Um, Of course, the council adopts the budget and makes all the big policy decisions for the community. And the city manager's job is to marshal the staff to make those things happen. Really not unlike a superintendent's relationship with the school board. Right. Absolutely. So an interesting point that you brought up was the fact that um, the mayor does not run the city. It is run by the city manager. But Talk a a little bit about your relationship and how you do work in collaboration with the mayor. Oh, we work very closely together, and I don't want to diminish his role in any way, shape, or form. He um, and all the mayors, you know, that have served really spend um, most of their day trying to make the city better. Right. Um, And they do that in a variety of ways. involving, uh, and I'll just use an example with Mayor Tuck that's education-related because we're on an education podcast. Um, Mayor Tuck very much believes in getting the community to support our schools, our young men and women. He has worked with the school superintendents, Dr. Smith now, and before you and now you, Dr. Haynes, to try to bring mentors to the schools for our kids and to enrich the school um, lunch buddy program. So as an example, he'll go out to the faith community and ask the ministers and pastors to make these opportunities aware uh, to their congregation so we can sign up more people who can come and give that support to the schools. So that's an example of something that he does behind the scenes that is critically important. Um, It's not like running the police department or the public works department. He's doing something far more valuable. He's being a community connector and really connecting resources. Or if we have a health, you know, emergency, he's talking to the hospitals and, you know, the the state officials about what we need to do like we did in COVID. So um, the mayor has a very critical role, but it's more of a community builder role and a community cheerleader and champion role than it is the the day-to-day responsibilities. One of the things that's most impressive about Mayor Tuck, very high visibility. It it seems like he's just everywhere in the community, (laughs) and he has thoroughly immersed himself in all works related to the city of Hampton. So certainly want to give him uh, some shout-outs and kudos for all the work he does as the mayor of our city. So talk a little bit about what you are most proud of in regards to the city of Hampton. That's really hard because there's so many things to love about our community. And it's going to sound like I'm saying this just because I'm with you, Dr. Haynes. But I think currently I really am most proud of the academy work that the schools have done primarily. But but the way I've been able to help support that, um, it's so much bigger than what people realize. Obviously, it's the best way to help our children prepare for their future. 
um, the relevance-based instruction, the ability to explore various career paths, to develop certifications, to take uh, classes that really reinforce their interest and prepare them for work or college or just life in general. But it also helps to strengthen our economic base and our housing base and our community because people tend to want to invest in communities that have strong school systems. Um, they know that their housing values will be stronger because people will want to buy into that school division. And businesses want to locate where they know that the talent pipeline is going to be. And since we worked on the academies together, uh, we now, uh, in our economic development approach, we're able to take the academy curriculum and say, you're in cybersecurity. Look, we have a specialized pathway for that at Phoebus High School. And these are the things that our students are learning. And you can take comfort that the workforce is going to be here for you. So in addition to helping our young people and improving the performance of our school division, we have improved the performance of our economic development team. We've improved our housing values. And it really has all come together as that one community transformation that you all talk about. And um, I have a very small piece in that. Um, obviously, but it's one that I take a lot of pride in because um, being able to promote that to people who don't have kids in the school division, it's important that they hear what wonderful opportunities we're offering Absolutely. so that they feel comfortable making investments in Hampton. Well, I think you're being modest in saying you have a very small piece in that. That's a very humble thing to, th to say, but we know that we would not be where we are in terms of the academies of Hampton in this whole transformational process without the support of you as a city manager and the city council as well. When we go out and present as a superintendent's council around the academy's modeling for next generation learning, they're always in awe because oftentimes we try to go to these conferences to try to pick up some things that we can bring back. But each time Hampton goes and presents, it's all about Hampton, and, <laughs> and we become the focal point for the work that we're doing, and due in large part to the strong partnership and collaboration we have with the city manager, you, as, as well as the city council, because school divisions or states that have difficulties with the challenges as it relates to the academies, they don't have that strong partnership or collaboration. And I can't say enough about the support that you provided to Hampton City Schools and where we are, even if we're looking at things in terms of resources and support, internship, externships. We would not be where we are were it not for that collaboration and partnership that we share with you. Well, thank you very much. You know, one of the things I really do love about Hampton, and you touched on it, is the collaborative nature of our community. Uh, we've been talking about the city school partnership, but you know, I highlighted the partnership we have with the faith-based community. We have those partnerships with the nonprofits, with the hospital system, with our neighborhoods. Um, I really think it's in Hampton's DNA for our people, our residents, our businesses, our various um, institutions to come together and work together. And you're right, that isn't the, the, the way it is everywhere else. Um, and there's so much more we can do together than we can do individually. You know, that old saying that the, the sum is greater than the individual parts yes, is so true. And we see that in all sorts of ways. Absolutely. One of the things that's always pleasing to me, regardless of whether or not someone is talking to a city council member, the city manager, school board, or administrators in the system, we're all speaking from the same sheet of music. Heard uh, Vice Mayor Gray one day talk about the academies and, and talked about specifics in terms of a particular academy and a pathway. And he talked about it with great depth and detail. And it was pleasing to hear that 
everyone recognizes what the Academy is all about, as well as the impact that it has made on young people, just most importantly, as well as the city, too. So can't say enough about this collaboration on a regular basis with you all. And likewise, your school board members are able to go to places and talk about the great things that are happening in the city that are outside of the school system. Yes, ma'am. And that's that's one of the things, like I said, I'm most proud of, that we don't have these territorial divisions that some places have. Um some places would feel threatened if the vice mayor could speak as intelligently about the school system or the, the chair of the board could speak as intelligently about, about economic development yes. as the council members. We don't have that because we recognize that our strength as a community is in that collaboration and that we will be better because of it. Absolutely. When we have that community priorities workshop, it's always a beautiful thing to bring in, like you mentioned, faith-based, the military, and um other businesses and uh, partnerships as well. Um, I know Greg Garrett has been instrumental in a lot of work that we're doing around the Academy's model, but it just speaks to that whole one community, one transformation piece. And we talk about excellence with intentionality. We are intentional about the work that we're doing. We are intentional about making certain that we are preparing young people oftentimes for jobs that don't yet exist. So it speaks volumes to this whole collaboration and partnership that we have as a whole. You sort of talked about this already, City Manager Bunting, but tell us why you felt it was important to co-chair the steering committee for the academies of Hampton. Yeah, I, I well, one, obviously I want to give back to the school division that made me who I am, as I said earlier, but um, I understood the vision. I, I was fortunate enough to be invited to go visit the academies of Nashville. Um, with a school team that was looking at, you know, should we do this here or not? And I immediately saw the power, not only, again, for the students, which I care deeply about, but also for the community. Um, one of the things that they said in Nashville, and we certainly expect to see this here as well, is that as the students, as they went year after year with the implementation in Nashville, the level of young people and young adults involved in criminal behavior went down. And that was because they were creating an intentional pathway of economic prosperity and hope for all of their young people. And I saw that, you know, not only could we help the young person, but we could improve so many other community conditions, whether, again, it's economic development or reducing crime or what have you. It is a comprehensive approach to making the community better and stronger. So I wanted to be there to pledge the resources of city government however we could. I also realized as an employer, frankly, we struggle sometimes with the talent pipeline. Right. Um, and so um, we volunteered as a city to be the, the fifth pocket academy, um, as you all were going about that, um, that permanent trans, um, transformation to the academies wall to wall. And we, we asked, let's try it with public safety. Um, we need police officers, firefighters, 911 dispatchers, and we felt like we could prove the concept, and then I could walk in the door to other businesses and tell them how successful it was for us so that they would trust the process. And I felt like, you know, the city could be that link to open the doors for the community businesses that you may not already have a relationship with. And it worked. Absolutely it did. And it was remarkable that you were able to speak to that uh, so eloquently because I was just about to mention the Academy of Law and Public Safety and the partnership and collaboration that we have with you all and talk about the benefits of that. We talked about you talked about the nine one one dispatchers and talk a little bit about how we have benefited from that uh, with 
that academy being at Bethel High School and how it has positively impacted, I guess, the workforce for the city as well. Absolutely. Well, you know, 911 call takers is, you know, not something that everybody thinks about. And I, I know we have a TV show right. that's been out there, but it's not necessarily a career pathway that people think about. And so being able to expose young people to that pathway, um, more young people have decided, hey, I'd like to do that. What's been really incredible is we were able to get the technology into the school that they use. And um, I haven't kept up with the numbers recently because COVID sort of interrupted it a little bit. But we are getting young people their international uh, certificate of uh, you know being a, a certified telecommunicator while they're in high school, which means that if they want to proceed that with that pathway, we can hire them as soon as they graduate if they're not one who wants to go to college. And that's a very well-paying job. And with we have hired benefits. some, right? And we have hired some, which helped us as an employer and obviously helped the young people as well. Um, firefighters, police officers. Um, now, you have to be 21 to right. be a police officer, so it takes a little bit of time. But we've sparked the interest of young people to maybe be a police officer or a forensics technician. Um, we've, For those who aren't aware, we bring in the technology to the classroom. They get to use the same driving yes, simulator ma'am. that we train our police officers on. They get to do some of the... Um, the chemistry that a forensics technician would do. And those things just make the career more real to the student. It makes it more likely that they will come to us and it makes them more prepared uh, for what they want to do. Or maybe they decide they really don't want to do that. And that's a good thing too. You know, one of the things I heard from parents when we were first going to the wall to wall is, isn't it a little too early to make our kids pick? And I'm like, no, no, you, I had an, I had a kid who I could explain this to. My son really thought he wanted to be an architect. So he went to the Architecture Academy and his thought process was sound. He's like, I like art. I like science. This is a way to blend the two. But then he decided when he did that, that really wasn't what he wanted to do. And that was a great experience to get in high school. So he didn't figure it out in college. (laughs) And I had to pay for a fifth or sixth year of college. So um, whether they proceed with the pathway they pick in high school or they don't doesn't really matter because they're getting that relevance-based instruction. But it does help them figure out before they make a major investment in time or money, you know, spending time, whether it's at college or a trade school or going to the military or whatever, I don't really want to do this. That's a gift we're giving our kids, but it's a gift we're giving our businesses as well. Again, just speaking from the same sheet of music, that's sort of what I convey to parents as well. You're looking at this from the perspective of young people getting into an academy or pathway to see if this is something they really are interested in. And sometimes it's not. So why not figure that out in high school versus your first, second, or third year in college and you're saying, this is not what I want to do. And then all of a sudden parents have to pay for an additional two or three years because you've changed your mind. Exactly. But so. the same example with my daughter. She started out in, in the engineering uh, academy, architecture and engineering academy at, at Kickatan and she saw some aspects of it that she did like, some aspects that she didn't like. She's still majoring in engineering, but in a different field, modeling and simulation. But she stuck with that engineering track, uh, and she's going into her third year. But a lot of what she experienced and um, um, was able to have hands-on experience with at Kickatan, she has taken that at the college level as well. So it has proved to be advantageous and beneficial for her as well. So. Without a doubt. One other thing I'd be really remiss if I didn't talk about, if you don't mind me saying, is I am so proud of the work you all are doing around dual enrollment. 
And I know a lot of people think about dual enrollment for the advanced kids, and that's great because they can get college credits and, you know, eliminate a year or two of college. But what I'm most proud about is that we make it accessible to every student. And there's so many young people who don't think they're, they're college material, maybe because they're a first-generation college student, um, or maybe, you know, they just don't have self-confidence. But being able to take that first introductory class, whether it's English or history or math, and, and see that you can do that work in the safety of your home school with teachers that care about you, that shows you you can be that college student. Absolutely. And that's what I'm most proud about. Yes, I had kids who, who did that and helped their education, but I'm more proud of the kids who take that first step and learn in the safety of their homeschool that they are college material and that they can do that. That is a gift we're offering our students that is, you know, you can't put a price tag on, frankly, because it, it helps them to believe in themselves and it helps them to better their future. So when we say for all, we really do mean all. We look at equity from that perspective as well and instilling that sense of hope. Just from the perspective of the dual enrollment classes that you mentioned, we also have started uh, going into our third year now where we're allowing rising sophomores to take a college course at uh, Virginia Peninsula Community College. Great business partnership with uh, VPCC, and I can't say enough about Dr. Porter Brandon, but and we specifically look for that young person who does not think that they can do it. Right. But providing that wraparound support and getting them on the college campus in the summer and taking that course. And it's such a remarkable thing to see when they complete the coursework and we have that ceremony for them in the end. And the um, stories that they tell, I didn't think I could do this. Right. Now I know I actually can be a college student because I took this rigorous course in the summer and I was able to successfully complete it. So just instilling that sense of hope and providing fair and equitable equitable practices across the division. I think it speaks volumes to the work the division does in collaboration with the numerous business partners we have as well as with the city too. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, ma'am. So a couple of other questions. Uh, why should families choose Hampton and why should businesses choose Hampton? Well, I'll start with the families. Obviously, they can get a great education um, in our school system. Um, we're also a community that really cares about each other. So in addition to student preparation, um, I found that our neighborhoods really come out and support one another. Um, one of the things we have to deal with as a coastal community from time to time are, are natural weather disasters. And my heart is always so warm when I see neighbors helping neighbors. Um, that's that's a, a fabric of our community that is really welcoming. And again, it's not something you find in every every locality. Um, when I first got out of school, I, I spent some time in Phoenix, great city, but nobody knew each other um, because everyone was sort of in their isolated, you know, home. Um, here in Hampton, most people know each other. They look out for each other. Um, we have strong neighborhood watch programs, as an example, where if someone's out of town, their neighbor's looking out for them. Um, so it's a caring community. On, on every aspect. And um, I think we offer a really great quality of life. Obviously, our water is there for everyone to enjoy, but we have all sorts of other activities, whether they're the festivals or the recreational facilities that we offer. 
it's just a great place to be. For businesses, we have a great talent pipeline. Uh, we are in the center of Hampton Roads, which makes us an ideal location uh, for a business to bring talent from throughout the whole area. Um, we um, are the home, of course, to the first astronauts. Our NASA Langley Center is doing a lot of research that is able to be commercialized. So a lot of entrepreneurs come to Hampton to really tap into that research base that we have here. Uh, strong military, um, Huntington Ingalls, people think of as being in Newport News, but they're also in Hampton. Uh, we're very proud of the fact that the first um, unmanned submersible manufacturing facility for Huntington Ingalls is in Hampton. They chose Hampton to do that in part because of the partnership with Hampton City Schools and the great experience they've had with your engineering programs. Wow. So it's a great place for businesses to see their business flourish. City Manager Bunting, I thought I was the biggest fan of the city of Hampton. <laughs> I still think I am, but I think I'm in great you competition can share the with title you. If yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. But what a great conversation with you today. I'm excited about working even more closely with you on the steering committee with the Academies of Hampton in my new role as superintendent. And I certainly want to thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to talk with us. And remember, education is the most powerful weapon you can use to change the world. As one community, one transformation, we will ensure academic excellence for every child, every day, whatever it takes. Looking forward to seeing you all out there. Listen to learn more about Hampton City Schools. New episodes of HCS Talks drop on Thursdays. Subscribe and listen to HCS Talks. HCS Talks is a Hampton City Schools production.